0: So good to see you today, and I'm so glad uh, that you're here. Uh, We've been in a series this month called Follow the Cloud, and so i got a lot to give you today if you've got something to write with. You might want to get it if you want to take some notes this morning. Uh, Many of you will know who my father-in-law is. Some of you have never met him, but you don't actually meet him. You experience him. If you if you've met him, he he was the pastor here for 35 years, and I can remember when my wife and I, uh, who who was my girlfriend then, we were dating, and we were home from college on a break, and uh, not from each other on a break from college, and uh, and so we were here, and uh, I got up one morning, you know, we'd slept in because you're a college student, you're tired all the time, you don't know, get to sleep in, so we slept in, and I can remember going, hey, he's like he's like the most spontaneous person I've ever met, hey. Uh, uh ride with me. We're gonna run down. I think we're gonna pick up dry cleaning, something, you know. Hey, ride with me, we're gonna run in here and pick up some dry cleaning. And Stacy said, Yeah, yeah, let's go. And her little sister Tiffany, yeah, let's go. And I said, Hey God, look, I like I slept in this. You know what I mean? Like I didn't take a shower, my hair's all messed up, I got sweatpants on and tennis shoes and an old t-shirt. Man, I can't just jump in the car, you know. I don't I didn't know many people here. I said, Look, I I want to be, they said, oh, no, 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 we won't even get out of the car. <laughs> How many of you who know him know where this is going? No, we won't even get out of the car. Look, it's a, it's a drive-through. You just drive up, and they put the stuff in the car, and, you, and we'll come right back. That's it. A few minutes later, I'm telling you, heaven is my witness. We're walking in the courtyard of the Galleria Mall. I got my old t-shirt I slept in and my sweatpants and my tennis shoes and my hair's all messed up and we start running into people they know that I don't know and of course they introduce me. Hi, I'm the sloppy boyfriend. I walk around like this all the time. I make a regular habit of not bathing. Then we went from there and saw a movie, just dry cleaning. Then we ate dinner out somewhere around there and then we came up home. it was after dark. It was after dark, we got back home. I said, you've lost your mind just dry cleaning, just dry cleaning. And I said, nope, never, ever, ever, ever again will I ride with you anywhere until I'm ready to go everywhere. Because apparently that's how that works. And so we all have certain anxieties about following other people. And whether we realize it or not, we tend to bring those fears into our relationship with God. So we're like not natural-born followers, we have to learn it. In this series, we've been talking about what does it look like to live a life following the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, we see how God led his people from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land and the way God led them was with a cloud in other words a big giant cloud appeared in the sky and that cloud would hover over them and when the cloud would move they would move and when the cloud would be still they would be still or they would stay in camp where they were it was leading the cloud was leading a million people now the cloud is just a physical picture of a spiritual truth Today, the cloud is not above us in the sky, the Bible says the cloud is in us, and it is not an it, it is a he, he's a person, his name is the Holy Spirit. So we've been kind of illustrating this in a graphic, I just want to show you again in case you missed some of the other part of the series. What we basically say is this, when I receive God's grace, I understand my true identity as a son or daughter of God, and then I am drawn into a relationship where I experience his presence, and then I find my kingdom purpose, and I reproduce the kingdom of God wherever I go. So let me say it another way, when I know who I am, I know who he is, and I know what I was created for. When I receive His grace, watch, first arrow, I will naturally be drawn into a relationship where I want to experience His presence. When I receive His grace, I'll naturally be drawn to the second arrow. So time out just for a minute. If you have no desire for a relationship with God, you might want to evaluate your salvation. If there's no inner pull, if there's nothing encouraging you toward God, no desire to want to be with Him, maybe you've never really received His grace. Because when I receive His grace, it changes my identity, and the new me wants God. The old me didn't. So today, uh, last week, Pastor Mark talked about uh, grace receiving God's grace and our identity. Today we're going to talk about experiencing God's presence and growing in relationship with him. Exodus 19:4 says, "You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself." See, that's what salvation is. Salvation is God carrying you unto himself. And this was God's way of pointing Israel back To the point of deliverance from slavery. They had been in slavery for 400 years. And what God was saying in this verse in Exodus is... Hey, do you remember that moment, that point, that time of salvation when you were no longer slaves and now you were sons and daughters? Do you remember when I set you free? And God is always pointing you and I back to the cross, reminding us that he brought us unto himself. God didn't want to wait for, to be with us in heaven one day. God wants to be with you today. So let me say it this way. Jesus' obedience, his death on the cross. Without Jesus' death on on the cross, we can't experience God's God's saving grace and we can't have a new identity. But Jesus' obedience on the cross changes our identity. Our obedience determines our intimacy. Jesus' obedience determines our identity. Our obedience determines our intimacy. So let me say it kind of... More plainly, you are as close to Jesus as you want to be. You are as close to Jesus as you want to be. Because uh, Hebrews 4 says, enter the throne of grace boldly. Jesus has taken away every obstacle and every hindrance and every barrier there is between God and man. They're all erased. So the only one left is our obedience. See, we are people who were made to experience His presence and live in a relationship with Him. So let me give you uh, three thoughts this morning. Here's the first one. Life is all about relationship with Jesus. Life is all about relationship with Jesus. When God gave the Israelites a cloud to follow, He was declaring to them, I want to be with you and I want you to be with me. See, the cloud was God's presence. It was the ultimate invitation to relationship. So God took the Israelites on a journey of freedom and every step they took toward the promised land was designed to help them walk in deeper freedom. We think freedom in our cultural definition is having the ability to do what I want to do. That's not what freedom is. Freedom is not having the ability to do what I want to do. Freedom is walking in an intimate relationship with Jesus. That's what we need a new definition. Our culture's got this wrong. Freedom is realizing that God is always with me no matter what I do, no matter what happens to me. God is always with me. Life can't get bad enough that God's gonna go, uh oh, I'm out. That's too bad. That's what freedom is, is realizing that. Otherwise, Paul the Apostle did not live in freedom because the last few years of his life were spent in prison. You think Paul the Apostle was not free? He couldn't do what he wanted to do. But he, was, but he was free. Exodus 6, 7 says, I will take you, listen to this language, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God, then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. See, he's saying in explicit terms, I want to be your God. See, here's what relationship is. Relationship is a reminder that you've been saved. How do you know you're saved? You have a relationship with God. Relationship is the affirmation. It is the confirmation. The ongoing relationship is the reminder that there was a day that I passed from death to life, from slavery to freedom. I'm walking with God now. 2 Corinthians 6.18 And I will be a father to you And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. If you ever hear us around here say, you are are destined, you are saved, you you are designed to be a son or daughter of God. Here's where it comes from right here. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, God's greatest desire is relationship with you. So God said to them, follow the cloud. And the cloud was His presence. So watch this. When they lagged behind His presence or jumped ahead of His presence, they weren't just disobeying. They were pulling away from relationship. Now now watch how that works with us. We tend to compartmentalize our relationship with God and following God. We say, I want a relationship with God, but I want to do what I want to do. Right? When you move... And, and he stays, or you stay and he moves, you aren't just going a different direction. You're pulling away from your relationship with God. When you leave one, you strain the other one. You can't both be in deep, intimate, growing relationship with God and not be following the Holy Spirit, not be walking in His will for your life. They are interconnected. See, following the cloud was about learning to enjoy God. And every step uh, they took, God revealed more about himself to them. and they grew. So look, when you take a step, when you say, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm, I've never been, uh, I don't have any Christian friends or I don't know anybody at church. I'm going to take a step. I really think God wants me to grow deeper in relationship with other Christians. I think I'm going to get in the life route. When you take that step... God's going to reveal more about himself. When you say, you know what, I think God's uh, leading me to serve somehow, you take that step, God is going to reveal to you more about himself. You say, you know, I think God wants me to go on a missions trip. There's a step. You know what's going to happen? God's going to reveal more about himself. You say, you know what, I've never really um, trusted God with my, with my livelihood, I'm going to start tithing. There's a step. You know what God's going to do? He's going to reveal to you more about Himself. Because every step you take in following the Holy Spirit and every step you take walking closer to Jesus, He's going to reveal to you more about Himself. And that's what this journey was about that uh, the Israelites were on. See, life is about more about who you're with than where you're going. Numbers 9, 22 says, whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, (laughs) we're okay with two days. Okay, two days, no problem. Or a month. uh, 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 Or a year. Come on, Jesus. A year? The Israelites would remain in camp and not set out, but when it lifted, they would set out. Don't you know there had to be a lot of days they were going... We've been here for a while. Come on. Come on, Cloud. Can't we just kind of get going? You ever feel that way? God, you know, when are you going to bring me a when are you going to bring me a boyfriend or a husband? When are you going to bring me a girlfriend or a wife? God, when's my healing going to come? When's the breakthrough coming? How much longer do I have to serve here? When will I get promoted? When do I get my turn? When are we going to get going where we're going? We all feel that sometimes. And sometimes we're trying to get something from God and the pipes are clogged up because at the same time, God is trying to give us Himself. And we think it's about where we're going. We think it's about what's going to happen. And God's saying, no, it's about relationship. It's about my presence. I'm with you. And if God's with you, where are you in a hurry to go? Do Do you understand the necessity of God's presence? Well, that's our theme for today. This morning and tonight it's soaked. That's our theme. Do you understand the necessity of God's presence? See, obedience is just saying I would rather stay here with God than go on by myself. It's the willingness to follow the cloud because I prefer the relationship over the destination. My relationship with my father is more important to me than where he's taking me or where I think I'm going. But sometimes we just feel like God isn't doing it for us, right? So we're going to do it for ourselves. And we feel this compulsive anxiety to just keep moving. Let's get on with it already. We just take off and move on our own and you know, uh, we haven't we haven't seen it yet. Uh, we've all seen this. We've all watched people do it and we've probably watched ourselves do it. You know, we've seen the guy who uproots his entire family chasing a few more dollars at a job in another state. Or the woman who leaves a relationship just when it's about to get good because she's afraid of vulnerability. Or the family who bails on church because of a preference or an offense or the newest sports club just started up or their kid just got to the age where you got to have practices and games all during church. Or the stay-at-home mom who, who just goes back to work the minute her last kid goes off to school because she doesn't know what to do with herself. Or the, or the person who wants to do a good thing at the wrong time Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it. And I'm amazed how many times we make these huge decisions in life with huge consequences and don't even ask God about it once. How's that following the cloud? See, we get saved and we want to skip the second arrow and jump to the last one. We want to blast straight through relationship and say, what's my purpose? Let's get going. What am I here to do? Not realizing that relationship with God is life. That's where life is. Everything you're looking for in life is where God is. So no reason, no reason to move on. Psalm 8410 says it like this, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. In 2007, um, when my wife and family and I lived in, in Mississippi, uh, I had a pastor friend who called me and said, "Hey, uh, we're we're nobody knows this yet. I'm just telling you in private, but we're in transition, and I'd like for you to come and take my place at this church in North Carolina." Would you, would you come and you know, be the next pastor? And it was two years after Hurricane Katrina. And uh, we had dealt with a tragedy and crisis and disaster and sickness. And extreme transition in the community and in the church. And we were just tired. And I'm listening on the phone. And as I'm listening on the phone, I know it's not what I'm supposed to do. But I am so, I still remember driving down, I was in Florida, driving down the highway, listening to this, just going, oh, Jesus, just let us do it. So We are tired. And we we need a break. And I knew in my heart it was not the right thing to do. uh, And I was so tempted, but you know what? The cloud didn't move. And so I had a decision to make. Am I going to value my relationship with God and his direction in my life over jumping ahead? What am I going to do? And so I had to tell him. like I, I said, you know, listen, I'm, to be honest, I just don't think this is the right thing. He, would you at least pray about it? You always know you're about to be in trouble when that happens. Would you at least pray about it? Okay. I'm just telling you, I don't think this is the right thing. But yes, yes, I'll pray. I mean, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jump. I'll pray, and I did, and I never had a different idea or different sense or different feeling. And two and a half years later, we moved here, and God used that time and this transition to do some other things that couldn't have been possible had I jumped ahead and moved without the cloud. Can I just tell you something? Life. Um, will throw you a lot of opportunities. But here's what I learned. If Satan can't slow you down, he'll try to speed you up. You see, if he can't pull you away, he will try to push you too fast. And try to get you... Out. Well, He doesn't even care if you go ahead or behind. It doesn't matter. He just wants you off the cloud. And not every open door is from God. Life is not about what you do. It's about who you're with. If you don't enjoy God now, you're not going to enjoy Him at the next place you go. God uses everything. God doesn't cause everything. Because everything's not good. But God uses everything to invite us into a deeper relationship with God. Life is all about relationship with Jesus. So... This is the whole reason that we have Soak. Because Soak is the time that our church comes together and practices our relationship with God. That is when we come together and do church devotions. Right? We come to, so I'm inviting you tonight. If you're struggling or unaware, or I don't really know how important God's presence or whatever. Tonight, come and share with us. We are coming to meet the presence of God. That is what it is. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And I'm telling you, it's one of those things that um, you don't realize you need as much until you're there. And then you say, yes, this is why God. Because everything is about relationship with Jesus. And this is when our church does its deepest relationship with Jesus. Number two, second-hand Jesus will never give you first-hand faith. See, the Israelites preferred to have a mediator between them and God. Sometimes they would say to Moses, Hey, uh, go find out what he wants. (laughs) Come back and tell us. And sometimes I find that you and I are a little bit like that. We want to be related to God, but not in relationship with God. We enjoy uh, what he does for us, but we don't really know him personally. And I think we can all agree, it's very hard to have a relationship with someone you never talk to. John 6, 63 says, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. See, God's word, God's voice is life-giving. And it is full of life. And if we want to know God's heart, we have to learn to hear God's voice. I don't know if you, any of you have ever played the gossip game. Somebody, somebody, there's this little illustration you do in a smaller group to try to show people how um, damaging gossip is. So you go to one person and you, um, you read to them off a sheet of paper, you know, a short couple sentences. And then you say, now, lean over to the person next to you and whisper what I just told you. And then, and then you do it to that one, and then you do it to that one, and then you do it to that one. And you pass down the line about 10. Any you, you ever played this? I told other people. And then what happens is, is you ask the last person. You say, now, tell me what you heard. And how many of you know what this one heard is nothing like? What you told that one over there, right? It never is. And, and, and you know why that is? Because the further you get away from the source, the more distorted the truth becomes. And that's why Jesus wants... A relationship with you personally. Because he doesn't want any distortion. See, sometimes we're like the Israelites. We want to have somebody else hear God's voice for us and tell us. You know, a pastor, a Christian friend we admire. Hey, uh, our grandma, super religious. Man, if anybody knows what Jesus is saying, she knows. Grandma, tell me. And, and, and Jesus died so that you could live in his presence. In relationship with him. Directly. He died so he could speak to you personally, not through anyone else. He can speak to you anytime, anywhere, and if you don't hear God's voice, you'll always be filled with doubt. Do you remember the story where um, Jesus is walking out on the water, and there's a big storm on the lake, and the disciples are in a boat, and he asked the Apostle Peter to come walk on the water? Remember that story? Well, imagine how different the Apostle Peter's life would have been if he didn't hear God's voice. Think about it with me for a minute. They're in the middle of the storm. The boat's rocking. Jesus walks out on water to them. And in the middle of the storm, Jesus is talking to everyone in the boat but the Apostle Peter. And, there, and there's John. And he's like, hey, hey, what's he saying? And John says, he wants you to get out of the boat and walk out on the stormy waves and walk to him. What? Did he say that? Are you, are, are you sure? Ask him again. Ask him again. This is John. What did he say? He said he wants you and only you, none of us, only you, to get out of the boat and walk on the water and walk him. And hey, by the way, we're going to high five you. Let's get it. Let's get this. Let's do it. We're with you, buddy. We're in your corner. We're behind you. Can you imagine how this would have gone? There's no way on earth Peter's getting out of that boat when John says this to him. The only way he's getting out of the boat is if he hears Jesus say it to him personally. And let me tell you something. There's no way you're getting out of your boat if you don't hear God's voice for yourself. So you may say, why am I stuck where I'm stuck? Because you hadn't heard God tell you yet. And it might not be that he's not trying. John 10, 4. When he has brought brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know his voice. What does this say? His sheep follow him because... They know His voice. Is Jesus your shepherd? Then you hear His voice. You may say, wait, 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 wait. I I don't know if I've ever heard God's voice. Are you saved? Who called you to forgiveness? Who called you to salvation? If you heard God's voice calling you to relationship with Him and forgiveness of your sins, you've heard His voice. Matthew 4 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word, listen to this, you gotta get the grammar here. Every word that what? Not came, he's still talking. Comes from the mouth of God, he's still speaking. So, so this morning, let me give you some quick um, thoughts on how do we know? We're hearing God's voice and it's not like the pizza I ate at midnight. Or, you know, it's my own imagination. It's my own desires. It's what somebody else is trying to... Let me give you some quick things here this morning. Okay, you ready? just going to bullet them down. Slow down. Slow down. You have to slow down. Look, if I just stop this morning and let quiet hang in the air for 30 seconds... Some of you would go out of your mind. You know why? Because we are not comfortable with ourselves. When we say, God, turn your voice up, God says, turn your life down. I'm speaking in a still, small whisper, and I'm not going to scream. So turn your voice, turn your, uh, let me give you a way to do that. Turn your phone off. Here, I've got a brand new word for you. Turn your phone off. Let me give you an incredible revelation from God. Turn your phone off. Don't put it on vibrate. Because you're sitting there reading your Bible. It's like a little bee humming. And all you can think about is, wonder who that is. Wonder what I'm missing. Wonder what just happened on Facebook. Instagram's getting lit up right now. Wonder what's going on I'm missing out. It's FOMO. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. What you're missing out on is what's in your Bible. Because God says that's where life is. Turn your phone off. At least least for a little while. and, And slow down. When you turn your phone off, what you're saying is, God, I value your voice more than the voices of the world. Engage the Bible. See, God writes like he speaks. He writes like he speaks. If you want to know what God sounds like, read His Word, because His Word is His voice. You can't say, I want to know God's voice and never touch your Bible. You can't. But, and you may say, I don't understand the Bible. The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll help you. And look, come to church. We'll help you. And hey, get into a life group that studies the Bible, and we'll help you. Everyone can learn this. Seek God. You know, the Bible says that Jesus often went away to, um, some translations say lonely places, some say quiet places. But Jesus was so in tune with the Father, not just because He was God, but because He practiced seeking His Father. He he, He practiced seeking Him out. Seek the Father. Quiet the other voices, so that God's voice might become louder in your spirit. Pursue godly relationships. You know what I found out? Faith is contagious. If you get around people who hear God's voice, you'll start to hear God's voice. I love my friends who hear God's voice. You know why I love them? Because they remind me that God wants to talk to me. What did God say to you? What God did what? it excites me. Oh, yes, that's right. God's still talking. Yay. Maybe he wants to talk to me too. And it's encouraging. It's encouraging. And that's why you have to be in a life group. Because inside a life group, you're going to rub shoulders with people who God's talking to. And it'll build your faith to think maybe he wants to talk to me too. Seek confirmation. Seek confirmation. Look, we hear so much stuff. We, We are drinking from a fire hose of information and agenda all day, every day, in our sleep, all the time. So you have to, you have to uh, seek confirmation or affirmation or whatever on what you think God is leading or whispering or nudging or ideas or thoughts that pop into your heart or mind. You have to figure out how to filter them. So it, it's kind of like panning for gold. When you pan for gold, you scoop up a bunch of rocks, you pour them into um, uh, uh, layers of filters. And they have different sizes and shapes and all this. And as you pour it through, it filters down and filters down and filters down. To when you get to the bottom, all you have left is pure gold. And so what you have to do is learn to filter out the other stuff so all you got left is pure gold. See, here's what I, I've learned. I've been around the Pentecostal church since I was 15 more people have been driven away from God's voice because somebody said they heard God say something and everybody knew that it wasn't right, but everybody went on with it because they wanted to kind of not disturb anything. And, and here's what happens. Here's what happens. We lose the value of hearing God's voice when we, when we allow everybody to say everything is what God said and it's not what He said. We lose it, we under, because here's what happens. We look at them and and people go, I don't want to be that guy. And so what happens? It discourages people. How do I know that I'm not one day going to think God wanted me to say something or do something and then I end up being like that? Everybody's going to know but me that it's not God and nobody's going to tell me, I don't want to be that guy. And, and, And look, so what happens? Out of fear, we just keep our head down and stay busy. And the damage that's been done is heartbreaking. Our lives are just too busy and complicated. So we just move on. We just move on. And I'm saying, we have to learn to filter because we need God's voice. And it's worth the effort. It's worth the time. It's worth somebody saying in kindness and love, I'm not sure about that. That doesn't doesn't sit right with me. Can we talk about it? Instead of just rushing in. So so here's some ways you can confirm it. Does it align with scripture? If it does not align with scripture, it is not, never was, and can never be God's voice. Ever. Period. It is not and cannot be. You can't say God told me and it's against scripture and then blame God. No, that's on you, that's on me. Does godly counsel affirm it? Look what I mean that. I'm talking about people whose relationship with God you respect. I'm not talking about, you know, I think God wants me to buy um, four-wheel drive oversized tires. I'll be in debt the rest of my life. But God told me, Woohoo! And my friend said, go for it, man. I got confirmation. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Please. I'm talking about people whose relationship with God you respect, who, who you have given permission to speak into your life with truth and love. I don't know anybody like that. Are you in a life group? Because you can meet people like that there. Here's another uh, way to confirm. Are you hearing this in more than one place? Because if you're the only one that heard it, and you had not heard it or saw it anywhere else, or you're making up that you heard it somewhere else, you might you want to be careful with that. Filter that. Because oftentimes God will speak in patterns. God will speak multiple times when He's leading us and we need assurance. Is it leading you closer to Jesus? Because God's never going to ask you to say or do anything or give you an impression or an insight that's not going to ultimately lead you closer to Him. So life is all about relationship with Jesus and secondhand Jesus will never give you first-hand faith. Here's the last one. Following the Holy Spirit frees us from the greatest bondages of all, ourselves. So God says to Moses, I want you to go confront Pharaoh. Now look look at Moses' response, Exodus 3.11. But Moses said to God, who am I? You got the wrong guy. Who am I to do that? Moses was a washed up murderer hiding on the backside of the desert for 40 years, tending sheep. Who am I? Let me tell you what I learned about this. God will put you in a position that is perfectly designed to expose your insecurities so he can make you secure on him. God will put, has perfectly designed a role for you to play an assignment that he wants to give you that will make you reveal your insecurities and make you learn how to be secure in him you know the old phrase I know you've heard it you've probably said it I've said it God will never give you more than you can handle liar liar pants on fire that's not even true You can't handle it. God gives us assignments that are bigger than ourselves so we can finally be free of ourselves and take our eyes off ourselves and put our eyes on the cloud. God is stirring a dream over this church for the future. It's not clear yet. We're working on it. We're listening. But I'm telling you, God is stirring a dream over the future of this church that's bigger than me and bigger than you. And when you hear it, you're going to say, how are we going to do that? And the only answer is going to be, God. There's no other way. Because that's what God does. He puts you in a position that you're over your head so you'll depend on Him. I, I was raised as a, 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 in, in my family environment. I was raised in such an atmosphere of fear. And in our community, there was a lot of tension and a lot of, uh, a lot of violence. And, and, uh, and all my life, God has kept putting me in positions where I was over my head because he was was trying to get me to to, uh, find my insecurities so that I might have a confrontation between my insecurities and the presence of God. So look, I was raised in fear. I was raised in a lot of that kind of conflict and chaos and turmoil and deep insecurity. And so God says... I know what, I want you to be a public speaker. Do you know people fear public speaking more than death? Did you know that? That's a, that's a psychological fact. More than death. Yeah, I, 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 I got something for you. Why don't you take the microphone? Get them. What? Nobody in my family had ever done anything like that. Well, I don't I no, 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 no. I'll just put you in positions of leadership. When I was in high school, I was in leadership. I was, I was captain of my basketball team. I was the president of the history club. And my, I was always putting these roles I had no business being in because God kept pushing me. up you know, I'm kind of sliding, going stop. Not ready yet. Shoving me out there, shoving me out there. God, I'm not ready. I'm not. I don't have what it takes. I'm, I'm, I'm insecure. I'm afraid. And he goes, yes, 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 yes. Look up here. How bad has it got to get before you turn to me? you just going to keep tightening the screws. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to look to God and say, God, I need you. He says, yes. But he doesn't do it to hurt you and he doesn't do it to harm you. He does it to heal you. He'll put you in a place of your strengths. It'll just reveal your insecurities. He knows how to do both of those. And see, here's what I learned. The greatest gift you have to give this church is the healthiest version of yourself. The greatest gift you have to give your spouse or your children or your family is the healthiest version of yourself. And the way that you find the healthiest version of yourself is you follow the cloud. Moses says, who am I that I would do this? Look what God says to him in verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. If I'm Moses, I'm going, hey, time out. That's not the question I asked. The, the question I asked is, how, how am I the right guy? Isn't that an interesting answer? If I'm Moses, I'm saying, hey, the, 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 you're answering, we're in a different conversation. And, and I was asking you about me, and you're talking about you. Listen, but maybe that is the answer. Maybe his answer is the foundation of our security. You want to know who you are? You are the one that I am with. See, Moses is still so focused on his problem, he can't see the presence of God. And God says to Moses, I am with you and I will meet every need you have. Because God is setting Moses free of Moses. See, God's going to do some cool stuff through you. And God's going to ask you to do some cool things for him. And our answer oftentimes is going to be, but God, let me tell you what's wrong with me. And he's going to say, but let me tell you what's right with me. You're going to say, we're going to tell God who we're not, and God's going to tell us who He is. What qualifies you is not who you are, it's who God is. So if He gives you a step, you're probably not going to like all of them. But it's the only way to freedom. The question this morning is, is how desperate are you for God's presence? Listen, if you say not that much, that's a sign you're probably not following the cloud. You're probably hanging on to your insecurities with a death grip, not willing to follow God in a deeper place because you don't trust Him. Your desire for His presence is a good thermometer on where you are spiritually. If I'm not desperate to meet with God, then you have to ask yourself, Am I really Am I really following the cloud? See, the question is not, is God with me? The answer is yes. The question is, how aware am I of His presence? How aware am I of my need of His presence? See, here's what freedom is. Freedom is realizing that God is with you no matter what. That's what freedom is. And God wants relationships he wants relationship with you so bad that he'll arrange all kind of stuff to get you into a place where you say God I can't live without you and he says then just come to me son, daughter just turn to me now we're here would you stand with me prayer team would you come every eye closed Would you just kind of move into an attitude of prayer? Open your heart. The Holy Spirit is here today and moving, talking, speaking, and loving. Would you just give Him a chance to talk to you? Would you just try to quiet the other voices in your mind for a minute? And just give Him a chance to speak life. He loves you, doesn't want to hurt you, doesn't want to embarrass you he wants to touch you today if you're here this morning and you say you know what, there's a step I need to take toward God and I know what it is but I've just I'm wrestling with it, would you just lift your hand today and say pray for me we're just going to have a prayer time for a few minutes would you just lift your hand, be honest enough to say yeah that's me, thank you, yeah, thank you thank you, yeah I know what it is yep, thank you, but I'm struggling if I'm honest I'm kind of struggling with it Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. That's me. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you can put it right back down. Thank you in the back. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I think God is leading me, and and I, I need somebody to pray with me about that. Or if you say, my problems are so big right now, if I'm honest, I'm having trouble seeing God's presence, you know, at work. Would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me? I'm really going through it today. Man, it's been a hard week, it's been a hard month, it's a hard season. And I'm just struggling to see God's presence at work. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just, lift, It's okay, just lift it up. Well, we all go through tough times, don't we? Everybody goes through this season. Sometimes you just might, might be in it now. Would you lift your hand and say, pray for me today. I'm having trouble seeing God's presence working because I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. It's a lot maybe you're here today and God really spoke to you this morning about a specific area and if you're honest you say I need freedom there's an area of my life I need freedom in would you pray with me about that come on and just lift your hand up let it be a let it be a confession of faith today I believe God is the healer I believe God is the one who sets us free just slip that hand up and say I need freedom there's something in my life yes thank you I need freedom from come on just lift it up come on just lift it up I need freedom today I need freedom today come on anywhere in the room in the balcony thank you so much you put it back down yeah I need freedom today can I tell you God's presence is going to touch you thank you God's presence is going to touch you I need freedom today I need freedom today I'm going I'm to begin to pray, and when I do, whatever your, whatever your hand went up for, whatever your need was, I want you to come to someone on the prayer team and say, would you just pray with me right now? That might be all you say. Or, or you, want, you might want to talk a little bit. You're welcome to do that. But if you lifted your hand, when I start to pray, I want you to move. This is part of following the cloud. You lifted your hand and said, I acknowledge there's a... I know a step I need to take. Then take that step today toward prayer. Take that step toward the Holy Spirit today and let Him encourage you and touch you and give you the strength you need. If you already knew the step but you hadn't taken it yet, there's a reason. And today you need to meet God. You need to meet Him. And let His presence help you. So when I begin to pray, as soon as I begin to pray, I want you to move. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the grace of God and the power of your presence that's in this place. And I thank you that you are meeting us today to take us on to places of greater freedom and relationship. I thank you that your voice is life. I thank you that your word is life. I thank you that you're not going to mislead us. You're not going to guide us into the wrong place. You're not going to take us into a place that will hurt us. You are moving us to a place of greater help and greater strength and greater life. And I thank you today, Lord, that your presence is life. Your presence is life. Your presence is life. Thank you for that, Lord. As the worship team begins to sing, would you just worship for a minute? As He speaks to you, as He speaks to you, come. You come and let, let the Holy Spirit touch you.